It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. One, two, three. is now on ESPN Radio. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Playing atmosphere today because atmosphere, of course, like they're almost always prone to do, they're coming back to Missoula next Thursday. So we'll have some tickets for you uh, throughout the rest of the week and into next week as well. Uh, Next Thursday night, that's November 2nd, Day of the Dead, uh, at the Wilma. So I'll be going and uh, we'll be sending a couple more of you uh, as well. Always had mad respect for Atmosphere because they just did it in such a such an outside the box way. They, they've never had a record deal. They've just done it all on their own, completely independent, and uh, they've never really been much bigger than playing venues like the Wilma. But they've been playing venues like the Wilma for decades, and uh, I just love guys that that uh, do it on their own and they put on a great show. So uh, stay tuned. We'll certainly be giving you an opportunity to win tickets to that. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Joined in studio now by Justin Angles, the business angle, also presented by Blackfoot Communications. You got your Padres hat on. I do. I'm not a Padres fan, but... Um... <laughs> An artifact from a former life is the nickname Padre. Yeah, uh, that's sh- your Twitter handle, right? Uh, Padre from long, Angle. From a long time ago. Yeah. I could share the uh, details of how that name came to be, <laughs> but uh, probably I don't think your listeners would appreciate it, nor would uh, it be safe for radio. Oh, that's good. Well, it's still a nice hat. It is funny. The New Era hats are so funny because the New Era hats are, are they're cool. They look nice. Yeah. They're really, you know, they're comfortable. They, yeah, they go with everything. You can match them, all that stuff. I usually just wear hats that fit my head because I have a giant head. Yes. But it's amazing how many times in public you'll see somebody and they'll be like, oh, I like that too. Oh, I hate that too. Like, I got a Brewers hat. I got a Giants hat. I got all these hats. I don't particularly like or dislike any of the teams. I just like the color and the hat yeah. and stuff. And yeah. It's so funny. My brother always wears his Blue Jays hat. And then people will say, oh, he's a big Blue Jays fan? And he just c- completely makes up stories like, yeah, I'm from Toronto. You know, grew up in Canada. I mean, I do have a Red Sox hat for the occasional World sure. Series run that I have to bust out, being a good uh, New Englander. But, you know, this hat works for me. Uh, so back-to-back weeks in the Big Sky Conference, we had games that were uh, night games on national television. So now that the dust has settled, Big Sky after dark, uh, certainly uh, successful. The Grizz game against Idaho, 241,000 viewers was what the rating share came back as. It was the most viewed uh, game on ESPN2 that day. ESPN2 had five games that day. The uh, the night game between Montana and Idaho and Moscow was the most viewed. Uh, now the rating share for the, the Bobcat game is, uh, has come back about 100,000 less uh, than the Grizz game was. Uh, 140,000 and change is what viewed Montana State at Sacramento State. Um, 
I guess, first of all, what, what do you think of just those those numbers in general? Yeah, the differential makes sense to me. I mean, if you're a, I agree. If you're like a casual watcher of college football and are watching, you know, whatever game is being served to you, or, or maybe you're watching whatever game is being served to you, don't have much familiarity with Montana or Idaho uh, or the Big Sky in general. Montana, Idaho, that just sounds like. Okay, that seems like a rivalry game totally. that I'd like to tune into. Right. Right. It's it's sort of a story that tells itself, yep. even if it's a little detached from the truth. Um, whereas Montana State, Sacramento State, if I'm not really that familiar with either university, it's kind of like a not aware they're in the same conference. Right. Oh, I didn't know that Sacramento State had a football team. Maybe right, I wasn't right. sure there was a Montana State. I don't know. You could, you could see how a casual, you know, East Coast, Midwest viewer would not feel that game was compelling without tuning into it. We spent less than 48 hours in Sacramento, but we had to kill time all day on Saturday leading up to this. So we went to a variety of different places, both on campus and, you know, we went out to eat and talked to a bunch of people very friendly people in Sacramento, and I was very impressed by that, very hospitable. But we talked to so many people and told them, hey, we're here for the game. And so many people made that exact same comment. It's so interesting how Sacramento is this city, yeah. and there's this huge disconnect. The number one thing I heard from everybody was, ooh, I heard Sac State beat Stanford earlier this year. Mm. And I also remember when we beat Oregon State, I also remember when they beat Colorado. They only think of when they beat the top FBS teams. They don't ever think, oh, Sac State's won three straight Big Sky titles. I couldn't believe how many people were like, oh, why are Sac State and Montana State playing? Are they in the same league? Are they in the same division? What's up with that? Why is that going on? It's way more applicable. I totally agree with it. Montana, Idaho is just, okay, they got a trophy. They've played 90 times throughout their history. It's right across the border from each other. It's it's just way more symmetry. Yeah, it seems like it makes sense. And then also Sacramento is a much larger media market, very close to giant media markets. Right. They have the you know the Kings there. I don't know. Do they have an NHL team? I don't know if Sacramento uh, They do not have not. an NHL team. But you've got all the Bay Area pro sports teams and just so much more happening Jason and bigger universities, big time, you know, FBS programs, um, very close. And so the share of mind space for the casual sports fan is probably much less. Well, I was complaining about this because I was so tired from these last right. two uh, weekends. Well, and this is a me problem. This has nothing to do with anybody besides me. Uh, we get done with these things about midnight, but then we have another three or four hours of work. So Saturday into it's so Sunday. so hard getting paid to watch games. <laughs> I know. It's so hard. I know. I'm sure the audience is just I know, like I know. their and tears I, are pouring And I only have to do it a couple times a year. So you just got to buck up. It's all good. But I, I was just really analyzing this because I was thinking to myself, okay, the Montana-Idaho game, I think the other reason they have a, a larger rating share is you have a lot of viewers from probably both schools yeah. brought to the table. Whereas I, 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 I would reckon that the vast majority of viewers – of this Montana State Sac State game or Montana State people, I mean, there's there's sixteen thousand people at the game. Yeah, I would reckon that that's the vast majority of people that are watching Sac State football in any form or fashion. Probably, and uh, you know, and then Montana State, you have a whole bunch of other people. So I I, I do think that's part of it. Um, but I, I was just contemplating. I was just thinking, okay, if the vast majority of the people watching this game are Montana people, then why don't they just have the game earlier and have it on Montana stations? But then these guys brought up a couple of good points. Having it on the MTN Scripps Network or whatever, 
That gets it on every sports bar in Montana. That doesn't get it on every sports bar in the country. Right. That's part of why this is a huge advantage. Yeah. I mean, I think a way to look at this is, you know, brands want to build awareness and they can think of primary versus secondary demand. Primary demand is your existing customers, right? right? Trying to get them to buy more of the same product where secondary demand is finding um, new customers or finding new customers with the same product, right? So it is easier to get an existing customer to buy your product, right? It costs less. Cost of acquisition is much less. Right. However, in order to, sometimes a brand has to decide, like in order to grow our market share, we need more customers. We need new customers and it takes investment. And sometimes that investment um, can alienate your existing customers, right? If you try to grow your brand and reach more people, you risk alienating those customers that think of themselves as loyal. Now, the question is like, do those little customers have any other choice? Totally. You know, as a university appealing to your alums, you kind of have some monopoly power there, right? And particular in the state, particularly in the state of Montana, whether it's Montana State or University of Montana, uh, you'd probably have to do quite a lot to alienate your fan base. Um, and moving the game late is not enough to make somebody... It might make you annoyed. Totally. But the average fan is not going to be like, I'm switching teams. I'm out. I'm yeah, switching no, teams. It's totally true. And, and I think the vast majority of fans love these night games. And I actually think that people probably in the fan bases love the night games on the TV when they're on the road because then they don't have to go anywhere. The night games seem great to me. <laughs> totally. Like, I, I don't know why people don't like them. I don't know why the Grizz don't do them more often. Yeah. It seems like it's just such a... Um, just electric atmosphere in the stadium. I think it's hard from a logistical standpoint sure. for the coaches and the players. But again, your point is well taken. That first of all, there's only 11 games a year. I only have to do this twice, so I should just yeah. stop complaining about it because it's already over. Now, now we're just back to having normal games. I guess we have a night game in a couple weeks, but that's a 6 p.m. game. That's different than 8:30. That's a lot easier to manage. But that's here nor there, though. Uh, I, I do understand. This dichotomy that you're talking about, though, this is something that businesses across the spectrum go sure. through, right? Yeah, absolutely. We have this 500-person conglomerate that have, you know, they brought us to the dance. They're our first people. How do we keep them happy while scaling yeah. and growing? And sometimes it's this sliding scale, right? Yeah, and you think of different customer segments, right? Different uh, groups of customers that share the same wants and needs. Um, the primary segments that you serve when you launch your business or, you know, if, if you're a, a program, a, you know, a sports franchise on the rise, like you've got your loyal fan base, like, I think the Taylor Swift uh, phenomenon in the NFL is a good example. Sure, right. The NFL is giant, but they've found a vehicle for growth. We talked about this a couple yep. of weeks ago. <laughs> it's true. So now they're doing things with their content and their outreach and their positioning that would appeal to the Swifties. And that might alienate some of the core NFL fans. They're like, I don't need this Taylor Swift BS in the middle of my football game. Sure. Or I like thinking of Kel you know, Travis Kelsey as a tough guy and not as like a prima donna out <laughs> on the town. I don't want to think about that as a football fan. But those fans are not going to turn off the game. It's true. They're already it's true. They're, they're in their you know, hook, line, and sinker anyway. So might as well try to grow the pot. It's true. I mean, they were having graphics on the TV about... You know, Travis Kelsey's stats with Taylor Swift and, and before Taylor yeah. Swift, and I, it was driving me crazy. Guess who still watched the whole game? I did. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, so uh, you know, it is it is hard. It's hard for 
football fan. There's really nothing that makes football fans uh, change the channel if, if you are uh, hook, line, and sinkers. The Business Angle, presented by Blackfoot Communications, Justin Angle, in studio uh, with us. We do this a couple times a month here on Tuesdays during the 5 o'clock hour. Speaking of the NFL, Marty Mordewig and I talked about this extensively yesterday. Scoring is way down in the NFL, and part of the reason why is because there's this sort of vacuum in consistency of quarterback yeah. play. You got Patrick Mahomes, who's playing great still, and he is, has been for the last five years. Everybody else, even the other guys that are considered superstars, are up and down. And I think part of that's because of just the the accumulation of ridiculous NFL-ready talent that's coming out of the factory that is college football right now. And I think there's a whole bunch of different factors we can get into. But from a marketing standpoint, what do you think the NFL thinks of this? Because they had this golden age where they had all these guys that were not only the best players in the league, but the most easy to sell to the broadest audiences, the Peyton Mannings and Tom Brady's and Drew Brees of the world. Yeah, quarterbacks are certainly the easiest storytelling device. For sure. Right, so you, you, you can build, you, you do build a franchise around a quarterback. That person is the person who's touching the ball most frequently, has the most influence on the outcome of the game. And so if, if you don't have a stable of those sorts of guys across the league, it is a weakness for the league. The league probably wants, you know, franchise quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, however, I mean, having a variety uh, you know, in, in the outcomes and having a yeah. defensive-oriented season and being able to tell different stories around that, you know, I, I think... Think it's a strategy that could have legs, or it's an opportunity to sort of highlight different types of folks and, and bring you know those sorts of stories to the forefront. But yeah, is it as compelling uh, for the casual fan? Uh, probably not. I mean, maybe that's why they're leaning so hard on Taylor Swift because <laughs> it might be. there's not many other superstars to build stories around. It's it's interesting because first of all. There was this group of guys that entered the league between like 1998 and like 2005 or 2006 that then all somehow played for like 20 years. Yeah. That amount of brand building is crazy. When you could have the same guys on the commercial for an entire generation of football, I mean, that's like gold when it comes to Madison Avenue. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Peyton Mannings, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, uh, you know, I think they're kind of unique talents, but their yeah. talent also corresponded with a time when, you know, player health management and training and just all these things coalesced to create these, you know, what seemed at the time to be abnormally long careers. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it, we don't know if there's going to be folks that, you know, it seems like to me like Patrick Mahomes is probably not a candidate for that type of career longevity. Right. Just based on the style of his game. That's he true. He throws his body around so much more intensely that, um, you know, it just feels like the, 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 his number could be up at any moment. Well, that's exactly why I think we see a lot of this volatility going on right now. The NFL made a whole bunch of rules to protect the Peyton Mannings of the world who yes. couldn't move and run. Well, now, guess what? That's the style the NFL plays. Every guy is on the run. Yeah. I think that's why there's so many more injuries, though, and there's so much more volatility in quarterback play. Yeah, it's a higher-risk position as sure. conceived the way Patrick Mahomes plays it. And if that's sort of, you know, there are these trends in football and in other sports where, like, you know, everybody tries to copy the style of the winner, typically. Yes. And 
you know, it, 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 there's been this, I mean, you know it far better than I, but the debate about running quarterbacks right. just seems like as, as old as the sport. The, 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 the evolution of defenses has come to the point now where they have figured out how to stop pretty much everything, whether it's the zone read or the RPO stuff or, you know, the pick plays or the constant motions. There's an answer to every part of the puzzle. The one thing that defenses haven't figured out the answer to is when a quarterback runs around for more than five seconds and then can throw on the run because the guy's going to get open. This is Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes in a nutshell. Yeah. The problem is when these guys run around all the time, though, now they're at such a huge risk for injury. Josh Allen's going through this. Justin Herbert's going through this. Lamar Jackson's going through this. It's across the league. And, and I mean, last week, I think there was like seven NFL games where at least one backup was starting, and there was four NFL games where it was backup versus backup. It's this is interesting in terms of like the promotion of the league. The NFL is never going to take a step back and lose, at least I don't think at anytime soon. But it is really interesting that right now most of the most reputable players in the league they're not on anybody's fantasy football team. That's hard to sell to the general public. It is. It is hard to sell. I mean, it seems like we've entered a moment where you know there's this high risk, high reward sort of strategy. Like if you can get a player with the skill set of a Patrick Mahomes, um, which they're hard to come by, it, it turns out. <laughs> turns uh, out. You know, and, and keep that talent going. I mean, yeah, yeah you want to sort of deploy that type of talent in, in that really exciting form of play, that electrifying form of play where you just don't know if you're going to see something new every time he touches the ball. But, you know, that's like capturing lightning in a bottle. And we see that not all the teams can do it. And if you can do it for a period of time, it doesn't last that long. So, you know, we sort of have this, like, you know, this trade-off between trying to catch lightning now versus how long can you sustain it. And we'll see it's a 17-game regular season. That's a long time to be to endure that type of demand. It's fascinating. And there's a lot of things that go into this, too. I mean, not only did those old older guys play forever, and not only did they, you know, burst onto the, the scene of, of, you know, football fans when they were in college and then, yeah. you know, have this, you know, basically quarter century of be in the faces of the league. Uh, they also have sort of like, I mean, Drew Brees and, and the Manning brothers and these guys, you know, Tom Brady's a little bit different because he's got a certain level of yep. arrogance and swagger or whatever. But they're just like these aw shucks, you know, they could be your neighbor in Oxford, Mississippi type personalities and stuff. I just think it's such an interesting dichotomy that's going on right now because I think that there's a lot of guys in the league that are among the best players in the league that are defensive guys that I think the league is scared to market because these guys are not like your neighbor down the street. These guys are like very intense individuals that maybe aren't. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I thought there was a breakthrough moment when Sauce Gardner from the New York Jets was on the cover of Sports Illustrated this summer because he's a guy that maybe uh, isn't in sort of the lens of, you know, the white America box that sometimes drives all of the marketing. He is a guy that comes, you know, from a a disenfranchised background. He is a guy that wears a grill and his name is Sauce and all these different things. But he's also the man. He's got so much charisma. He's playing in New York City. He's the best player on one of the big market teams. So, I don't know, maybe that is a bridge that they could cross. I, I do think, though, that there's just, there's a part of this that's as easy as so many people follow the NFL based on the fantasy football app on their phone. And so many of the best guys that are in the league right now, they are defensive guys, so they're not even on the app. Right. Yeah, a lot there, Coulter. I mean, you'd like to think of a world where the NFL can be a 
a vehicle for social change, right? Like it, it, it has such broad appeal, such huge viewership. Definitely. And it can be a leader in cultural sensibilities and the sort of athletes and sort of people and how diverse and representative they are can be an avenue for for telling a wide variety of stories and painting these guys in a positive light and bringing people along for that ride. At the same time, you know, businesses are averse to taking risk. For sure. And if you alienate that core white America fan, as you described it, um, you know, you could risk losing some viewership. And I think also these owners tend to be old white dudes. That's right. Right. And so they're probably used to catering to fans that um, look and think like they do in, in, in some way. I don't know. I'm making some gross generalizations sure. here. Um, yeah, but we have seen sport as a vehicle for social change and exposing, uh, you know, fans to a much wider array of folks and getting folks to root for those people. And so I think they're, if the NFL is going to grow, which I think it continues to show That's that right. it wants That's to right. grow, it's going to have to reach more people at the same time, not alienating the people it has. All right, last point on this, and then we'll move on. I, I think that this falls at the feet of the people that present the the uh, the analysis of this. I have always thought that the presentation of the NFL game via mm. the network TVs has been very rudimentary. And I think that that was because there wasn't a lot of access. You'd only have one or two games on a yeah. week that everybody was watching. Now, there is millions of people that watch football all day long yeah. that watch so much football in the span of a weekend including myself. And so the level of knowledge is much higher, but then I think there's like this disconnect. So I would just like to see them talk about, like right now the NFL is as pretty cut and dry as this. So many of the analysis, so many of the analysts, so much of the, the breakdowns, it's this quarterback played well, this quarterback played bad. Like last night, the Monday Night Football game, it was all about Kirk Cousins playing awesome and Brock Purdy playing bad. Yeah. Where's the credit for the Minnesota Vikings for running all this combo coverage on the back end and, and really getting in Brock Purdy's head? And where's the coverage of the San Francisco 49ers left tackle not being in and the Vikings attacking that over and over again? Sometimes it's not Brock Purdy's fault. Sometimes it's a matchup thing. I just wish that they could go a little bit deeper beyond all of that. Yeah, although, like, you are such a small slice of no, the it's customer true. pie. Yeah, it's true. But you do raise an interesting question. I mean, that could be the next iteration of the product, right? The game is the game, yes. but how it gets served to us as viewers, I mean, maybe you're a segment that demands a much more sophisticated user experience, sure, right? Much more detail, commentary on the X's and O's, whereas on the other extreme, maybe somebody wants to see as many pictures as Taylor Swift in the booth <laughs> and commentary on those implications. Yeah. And, and a wide variety of folks in between, we do now have the technology where we could slice and dice the, uh, or, you know, craft the user experience so it fits the user a little bit better. Business Angle with Justin Angle. Justin in studio with us. It's presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications introducing Smart Biz. It's the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses. With out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover, you'll stay seamlessly connected. It's just $20 a month, no contracts. 
Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com backslash better Wi-Fi and connect more with Blackfoot Communications. Last one for you. Giannis Antetokounmpo signed a three-year contract extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. He's staying there. Uh, they're certainly one of the championship favorites. They've already won a title there with him. What do we think of just this dynamic, though? We talk all the time about market share and, and where guys are at. It seems like more now than ever, it doesn't matter what market you play in in the NBA. Well, I think it does to the extent that it is, in my view, good for the NBA that Giannis is staying put. Yeah. Um, because what we have seen, I think, is the decline in, you know, the Golden State Warriors are a bit of an outlier in that they've had a long run yes. with the same core guys. Mm-hmm. Now, but other superstars have moved around. LeBron's moved around. Yep. Durant has moved around. All these other James dudes, Harden. all yep. these guys are moving around. Yep. So people are not fans of a team that Kevin Durant is on. They're fans of Kevin Durant. Right. And that creates a dilution of the product and the brand, in my view. Mm-hmm. And so, in general, I think star staying put is probably good in the long run for the NBA. So, it's a different question as to, you know, whether it's good to have one of your stars locked up in a small market. Sure. I agree with you that, like, whether it's a small market or not, it doesn't really matter. Like the NBA could still put the box on the Christmas game. And That's all, right. All the prime time. It used to matter so much for TV, right? If you played in LA yeah. and New York, you'd be on TV all the time, and the other teams maybe wouldn't be on TV all the time. Now they're going to find a way to put. Yeah, they can put the bucks on anytime they want. Right. Right. And, yeah. and so that's not really so much of a factor. It's just sort of like the the what is the size of the potential bucks fan base now. You know, I see kids wearing Gianna shirts here right. in Missoula. I mean, my nephews so, love the Greek freak. Yeah, so there is, I think that market potential is certainly less limited than the media market that is um, Milwaukee. But the question is, like, does he have the ability to be a transcendent super, superstar from that place? And Aaron Rodgers sort of did from Green Bay. Um, Green Bay's sure. got a little bit of a different um, status, I think, in its ecosystem than does than do the Milwaukee Bucks. But, you know, if it's possible, it's possible now. Right, right, totally. I think all the tools exist for it to be possible now, but I do think there's some natural constraints to uh, how much sort of his stardom can grow in that space. And sometimes I think it's, it's possible to captivate like an entire region, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for, you know, there's a moment in time where the Seattle Supersonics were not just the team of Seattle. They were the team of the entire, like, inland Northwest. Yeah, I mean, you had yeah. Seattle Supersonics all the way to North Dakota, probably. Mm-hmm. Certainly in Missoula. I mean, they would come play preseason games at Dahlberg Arena because they knew there was a ton of fans here uh, in western Montana. So you wonder if you could have that same thing. I know Milwaukee's only, you know, hour and a half from Chicago or whatever, but it, it could sort of be the team of the entire Midwest. Like, you captivate that entire sort of northern mis- Midwest Region. Yeah, and there's a lot of states in there that don't have a broad array sure. of professional, yeah. you know, professional sports teams. If you can capture that side of the market and create some loyalty there, and success will, and success and stars will attract loyalty. So I think it could be a ve- good vehicle to captivate that that market. The fact that they're going to remain good, I think, also really Absolutely. helps. Absolutely. If you're yeah. winning and winning and winning, that helps so much. I mean, this is like the opposite argument of the Los Angeles Angels, right? They have these great, iconic players right. in Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. 
they're never in the playoffs. And most of the people that watch the baseball, I mean, I don't really start tuning into baseball till September. If they were in the playoffs all the time, I'd have all these thoughts and opinions. I'm not going on my way to watch some sub-500 team just because they're in L.A. It's too bad. And those are some it's of the bad. best players in the game, and nobody's really paying attention. I think about how much people think about like Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber, guys that Otani is way better than these guys, but they're in the public conscience because they're in the playoffs all the time. They're playing in front of the rabid Philadelphia Phillies fans. You want us now, ESPN Radio, The Business Angle, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Justin Angle in studio with us. Anything else before we get you out of here? No, man. I'm good. You, you, you tapped me out today. <laughs> That's good. I think the consensus is no matter how much I complain, the night games on national TV are good for the brand. I, I relinquish my argument. <laughs> More uh, Chris football, in fact. Right after this, Alex Gubner, our Chris Star of the Week. Coming up, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do? We don't cut diamonds, <laughs> okay, yeah, but we can facilitate that. <laughs> right. It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve, as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. He's new on his now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I think that's the first time we played Mac Dre on the show. Welcome back to Oz Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Feeling all sorts of funky here on this Tuesday. Atmosphere's coming to town next Thursday, so we'll have some more tickets for you later on this week. But uh, that should be a fun show, as it always is. I'm going to Reggie Watts tonight. Uh, Reggie Watts from Great Falls. Those that don't know have asked me, like, what? what is he? Is he a singer? What what is what does he do? It's it's gonna be like. First of all, if you haven't seen him, you should because you'll enjoy it. I promise. It's hilarious. It's like a performance. He, he's like a, a variety show within a guy. Like he he's gonna beatbox and he's gonna rap and he's gonna sing and he's gonna do so, all sorts of voice inflections and he's gonna play the piano and the guitar and the keyboard and the whole thing is gonna be like a stand up comedy routine about his life. And, like, growing up in Great Falls, and he's just a really interesting character, and it's just vastly entertaining. He's really, really talented and uh, usually comes back around uh, to Missoula quite often. So uh, that's what's going down at the Wilma tonight, so very excited uh, about it. We will have our Grizz Star of the Week coming up. Alex Gubner will join us for our Grizz Star of the Week. Uh, Gubner is a All-American Defensive tackle uh, for the University of Montana. Our Grizz Star of the Week uh, each week is presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Ryan and Miller Law, your Montana attorneys. Paul Ryan and Angie Miller have more than 30 years of legal experience. They approach every case like it's going to trial from day one. This ensures the top-notch attorneys are always prepared and ready to press forward on their cases to get their clients the justice they deserve. All legal advice is free, and there's always a real person to take your call. With Ryan and Miller's 24-7 answering service, call 406-542-2233 today if you need help with anything from a car accident 
to a medical malpractice, to a personal injury, or a DUI. Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. Uh, so let's talk some Grizz while we await the uh, finish of Grizz football practice. Wild uh, that we've had, first of all, two weeks ago, there was so much hype going into the Montana-Idaho game. Then the game uh, lived up to the hype and had a result that I think a lot of people didn't expect. Then the Grizz got to ride that hype train all the way through their bye week as well. And now they got the last winless team in the big sky coming to town. So there's like no hype around this game. I think everybody's kind of looking forward to that Sac State night game in two weeks at Washington Grizzly Stadium. And in the meantime, all eyes are going to be on Moscow again to see if Idaho's a real contender or maybe a pretender and to see if Montana State can keep on rolling. So I don't know. There's just a weird vibe around this game, Andrew. I mean, what do you what do you think of this one? It, it's almost as if collectively people are just chalking this up as a win. And, and how could you not? Northern Colorado's 0-7. Well, Coulter, I guess when's the last time that Northern Colorado has been a game that you needed to pay attention to? Never? Since they came up to Division One. Yeah, I mean... They had their high water mark when uh, Ernest Collins was there, where they had back-to-back winning seasons. They went four and four in the Big Sky two years in a row. Did they beat the Grizz either of those? They years? did not beat the Grizz either of those years. Northern Colorado has never won in Missoula. Northern Colorado has never won in Bozeman. Northern Colorado has beat Montana State one time in Greeley, and they beat Montana one time in Greeley. They they beat Montana in Greeley when that was like the the final nail in the coffin before then the real final nail in the coffin for Bob Stitt when he was the head coach at Montana. They lost Northern Colorado, and then two weeks later, they got ran by Montana State, and that was kind of it uh, for the Bob Stitt era, which then welcomed Bobby Houck back in. But you're right. I mean, That's even, sort of all I'm saying. Even with everything else around this game. And, and all the other programs in the league that struggle or whatever, they have won before. I mean, Portland State's won in Missoula. Once, but they still have, right? Like, Northern Colorado's never won here, so I, I totally understand the sentiment. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, it's natural to sort of gravitate towards that Montana State-Idaho game. I think that would be happening no matter what else was going on this week. It's just, you know, I can't really remember anything about any of the Northern Colorado games that I've seen them play the Grizz, you know? For sure. It, it's It's such a weird situation to be in because, you know... You want to say, okay, Division One football, you got to show up for every game. you got to avoid trap games. And I certainly think that there's a, a whole glut of teams in the league that maybe aren't that good that still you got to show up to play else you might lose. I just think that right now there's just two teams in the league that just, that I don't really know. I think you all, all you have to do is show up, right? Like there's just no feasible scenario in which Northern Colorado comes to Missoula and wins on Saturday, even if the Grizz play awful. I think the only feasible scenario is if they just puke the ball all over the field. Yeah, what did Marty say? If they turn the ball over five times, maybe maybe they'll have a chance. <laughs> right, the five five to zero edge in, edge in turnovers. Correction uh, on that that stat: uh, Northern Colorado actually did win in Bozeman once. It was before they were in the Big Sky Conference. This is when they were still a Division Whoa. II school. Vincent Jackson, uh, of course, the late Vincent Jackson, who was one of the great players. It's so fun whenever people uh, text in and ask, who's the best player you ever seen play in Montana? On my Washington Grizzly Stadium list is definitely Vincent Jackson when he played for Northern Colorado their first year in the big sky. And uh, they led, but their last year, D2, they won in Bozeman. Uh, Kay Dalton was their coach. Um, 
And then I remember when the Cats lost down there, I think it was Northern Colorado's first Big Sky win ever. I think they had gone over in the Big Sky for several years. And I remember Rob Ash, uh, his a, a Rob Ash coach team lost down there, and they were celebrating like they won the Super Bowl. That was a a weird moment in time as well. Yeah, Northern Colorado just struggles, and and I I don't I don't blame people for then shifting their attention to what's going to be a, a top ten matchup in uh, Moscow, and that one's going to be a fascinating matchup. I do think that on either side of the ball, whoever has the ball is going to have an advantage. Montana State's really good defensively. Idaho's offensive line is banged up, so I think the trenches are going to be an advantage on for Montana State on both sides. But Idaho's really, really good offensively. I think the Cats are great defensively on all three levels, but I just think Idaho has several guys in their offensive skill that are pretty much just if they're individual matchups that are just going to be better than everybody they play in the Big Sky Conference. Hayden Hatton, Trenez Trainer, Anthony Woods. I do think the Cats will be able to slow down Idaho's run game, which is going to be a key. You saw that with Montana, sort of erasing Woods and what that did to the Idaho attack. But I think Giovanni McCoy's one of the best guys in the country, a quarterback for Idaho. So I think when Idaho has the ball, that's advantage Idaho. I also think, though, when Montana State has the ball, that's a huge advantage for Montana State. I think that, the I mean, that's a huge advantage for Montana State no matter who they play. But I just don't really think that Idaho is going to have the horses to be able to keep up with Montana State. Uh, on uh, the defensive front seven. The Waz Dow ESPN Radio. Let's take one more break, and then we'll have Alex Gubner, defensive tackle for the Grizz, on the other side. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultylaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Welcome back. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Culture Nuwana's coming to you through the ESPN MT studio. If you missed anything in the show, you can always find it on the Nuwana's Now podcast, which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit uh, msubookstore.org. It's time now for our Grizz Star of the Week. It's presented by Ryan and Miller Law, and we're joined now by senior standout for the Montana Grizzlies. It's Alex Gubner here on Nuanas Now. Alex, thanks so much for joining us, man. How you doing? Good, Colter. How are you doing, man? Good, man. Thanks so much for uh, chiming in. We really appreciate it. Uh, first of all, i got to ask you, 
You don't have to go into the details about all of it, but how's your hand doing? Because I know you you busted it up pretty good there in Idaho, but then you kept on playing. So just take us through it. You can reveal whatever you want. But, I mean, I was worried about you for a minute, but then you were back in the game pretty quick. Um, I just – all I did was cut my finger and, you know, it stopped bleeding once I got off the field. And it's just, you know, one of those things, I guess, you know, I get blood on my jersey a lot. ain't the first time, but – uh yeah, I'm fine. I played the rest of the game. I had no issue. Uh, yeah, didn't need stitches or anything. So That's good, that yeah. Good. Yeah, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I was like, did he dislocate it? What's going on? And it's like, oh, maybe it's just a cut. And we're like, well, who's bleeding? What's going on? So I'm glad I'm glad you're doing all right. But that's just sort of the life of a nose tackle, right? I mean, you're used to getting your hands pretty busted up. Yep. You know, it's a gritty position, you know, not a position for stats and, you know, glory, uh, you know, it's uh, about toughness and, you know, being fanatic and just all-out effort. So, yeah. Well, I love watching you, and I know that, you know, sometimes maybe you don't get all the stats, but I'm always a guy that watches the line, especially the interior line, and you're playing outstanding right now, man. But just take us through this last performance at Idaho, not necessarily individually, but as the defensive unit. I think a lot of the headlines coming into the game was, Idaho and their great quarterback, Giovanni McCoy, and Hayden Hatton, the Offensive Player of the Year, uh, coming into the year in the league. But th- everything starts with their run game, and you guys basically erased it. How are you able to do that? Um, I mean, just playing Montana football. I mean, we're a tough-nosed team, and we knew uh, they were going to run the ball, obviously. I mean, they got one of the best backs in the conference. Uh, you know, we we respected his game and knew what he could do to, you know, to a defense. So, uh you know, we just stressed it, and obviously, you know, that's the key to victory in any game you play is, you know, stopping the run, you know, making making the team have to pass the ball, and, you know, that's what we did. It seems like when you guys do shut down the run, that then also helps you get after the passer, too. So just explain that part of just the way your guys' defense works. Um, I think, you know, they were behind. You know, they got behind very early, and they had to come back, and we – uh we just, you know, we're all about getting after dudes on this defense. And, you know, we knew they were going to have to pass. And we just, you know, got after them. Our, you know, uh, Hayden Harris, Kale Edwards, Riley Wilson, Levi, Braxton. I mean, all these guys, man, just get after it. It's awesome to play with them. Alex Governor here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. Uh, I know it's been talked about a lot the last couple weeks. But when it comes to just the, the, the turning the page after the Northern Arizona game and then getting on this great hot streak like you guys have, what are the factors that have gone into that? It seems to me, just being around you guys, so much of it's because all you seniors, you guys want to write your own story. You don't want to be done playing football. So, I mean, how much influence has just having a whole bunch of seniors on the defense had on this thing? And also, where do you think you guys have turned the page and, and just sort of gained this momentum like you have? Um, I, don't think, I wouldn't think of it as momentum. I think we just take everything one week at a time. You know, every week's different. Every team's different. And every team's really, honestly, really good in their own way. Um, and it's all about, you know, focusing on our job. You know, not trying to do everything. Just doing our 111th. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, uh, I think, you know, having a lot of seniors is a good thing. We, uh, we've we played under some really good seniors in the past, like Dante Olson, Jace Lewis, Mark Suelno, Patrick O'Connell, Robbie, all those guys. You know, it's just, I think that's, what's really great about this program is, you know, the senior leaders, uh, you know, step up and, you know, nothing changes with our attitude and our work ethic, you know, gets passed on to how things should be done. So, yeah. 
Well, that's one of my favorite parts about just observing is there is so much tradition. And then, then the torch gets passed. And now that you're in your last season sort of bearing the torch, how's it going for you? I mean, now what do you think of just this, this moment and this opportunity to, to play one last year for the Grizz? Um, it's great. You know, I've said it before. i say it again. I mean, you know, I'm just happy and blessed that, you know, Coach Howe came to my school and, you know, offered me a scholarship. You know, I wouldn't be – I had no other places really to go scholarship-wise. You know, no one really wanted me except, you know, these this coaching staff. And, you know, I'm just blessed. I don't want it to end. You know, it's bittersweet. You know, I'm just taking it day by day. Alex Gubner here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. Uh, back at home, it seems like it's been forever since you guys were at home because you had all these home games in September, and now it's been like a month since you've been back at home. So what do you think of being back at home? Also, what do you think of the opponent, Northern Colorado, coming to town on Saturday? Uh, it's, you know, we're all pumped for this big home game. Um, you know, it's going to be a big one. You know, we're playing a really good football team. Um, you know, we're always excited to play in front of a home crowd. You know, they get rowdy, and, you know, we got to – they got to get rowdy again for us on defense, and um, you know we're excited to play this team. Um, you know they, the record doesn't really show what they are. They're a good team, and they're they've been in most of their games. You know they've let a few get away, and you know they should they should have a few wins in that column. You know I respect this team a lot. Um, I think they got really good weapons on offense. You know I don't know too much about the defense, but I you know I, I think the I think they're a good team. You know and. We got, you know, we got to play a good game. That's, you know, we got to play Montana football and we got to get the win. This is a big game for our team. Certainly is. Last thing for you then, uh, I know that it's still to be determined quite a bit, but I mean, what are your your goals and hopes and, and expectations for the rest of your senior year here at Montana? Um, you know, want to just win as much, you know, win every game and, you know, I want this defense just to keep dominating, you know, I want to you know, I just want to keep playing with my brothers. Like I said, you know, I'm not looking too much in the future, taking it day by day, just trying to win the week. Well, it should be fun. Grizz back at home on Saturday. Alex Governor, our Grizz Star of the Week, is presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Alex, thanks for being here, man. Keep on going, and uh, it's been fun to watch you play, man. I'm sure it's not the last time, but best of luck on Saturday. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Whether it's medical malpractice, personal injury, auto accident, or DUI. Ryan and Miller, your go-to for any and all of your legal needs. Ryan and Miller Law, your Montana attorneys. Tomorrow, we'll go through all the FCS. Sam Herter from Hero Sports will join us. We're also going to hear from Ryan Lonergan, his debut on this show. He's a kid out of Bozeman High School who we covered a ton when he was in high school, and he sort of had to wait his turn at tight end there at Montana State. Uh, but he got a chance on Saturday. We'll also have uh, an ESPN roundtable with former Montana Athletic Director Bill Moose. Some memories on the Grizz soccer team, plus much more. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. But don't change the dial. We're going right into Game 7 right now. We'll have a World Series matchup set after tonight. Arizona at Philadelphia. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home 
and uh, I saw some kids running around with I their shirt it. on, and it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you, but when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that, but... um. You know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just want to make sure uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time.